Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast. I'm Deborah Prinzing, and this is episode 578. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com the free online directory to more than 850 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. And thank you to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top-quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Today, you're invited to join me on a quick visit to Jarnco, a second-year flower farm based in Monroe, Washington. Even though they are in my own backyard, I had to travel all the way across the country to the Boston area to meet flower farmer Tracy Yang, co-founder of Jarnco. We met at the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers Conference this past August. I recognized her name because Jarnco had recently joined Slow Flower Society as members. As we talked, I learned enough of Tracy's story to prompt me to invite myself for a visit before the season ended. Tracy farms with her partner, Nick Songsang Chantara, on four acres of land leased from a former bamboo nursery off of Highway 2, the route that I've taken many times on trips east across the Cascade Mountains to places like Leavenworth and Wenatchee. We filmed a quick tour of the Dahlia Fields and then sat in the shade to record this interview. Tracy and Nick say their story is rather peculiar because they never intended to be farmers. In March of 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic changed everything, and suddenly they found themselves under studies of Tracy's mom, Mama Yang, learning everything they could about floriculture and agriculture. Jarnco was born, and you'll hear the story behind their business name, in today's interview. Let's jump right in and meet Tracy and Nick and learn more about Jarnco. I'll share their social media places in our show notes. Well, here we are at Jonco Farm in Monroe, Washington. Thank you so much for the tour, for letting me watch you harvest a little bit. Yeah. And can you give us a little snapshot of your farm and your business? And I'll let you both take turns because you probably have different perspectives on <laughs> what the business is. Yeah. I think you should start. You want so, me to start? Yeah. Okay. Um, so as Deborah mentioned, we are Jonco Flowers um, here in Monroe, Washington. Um, we currently sell direct to consumers through um, makers markets and farmers markets. And... Um, 
this year we just got into the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market. So we are now also selling wholesale. That's and awesome. We're very I excited s- about that. I saw that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, your farm is uh, serving primarily Snohomish and King County then. The, this, the market's more urban and suburban wholesale markets, but you do sell to consumers also, right? Yes. Talk about your consumer like CSA program and the farmers markets. Okay. Um, yep. So we do have a CSA program. Um, and if you don't know what CSA is, it is stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Um, so how it works is uh, we're pretty much asking our consumers to be our investors. So, you know, we're saying, hey, help us, you know, invest in our products for our next season. And then in return, you get a share. So, you know, in Thanks for helping us, um, you know, start our farm, get the season going and all that. And here's the beautiful flowers that, you know, you invested in. So, yeah. And that, so that is like um, a weekly subscription or how, how do people get the flowers from you for the? It, it would be a weekly subscription. Mm-hmm. So we can do a six week, 12 week program, be based on mixed bouquets, which we've done in the past as well. We've had, um, this year, we're also doing specific crops. So we have dahlia-specific, tulip-specific, even peony-specific. Wow. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. And then do they go to a central place to pick them up, or are they, or do you deliver them? Yep. Uh, we do both delivery, um, and we do have a couple sites that have volunteered to be pickup. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, but we do have limitations on the delivery. Um, mm-hmm. Like how far you'll go, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what that means, yeah. So what that means is I'm only willing to deliver 30 driving miles away from mm-hmm. Everett, Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Wow. Well, I was excited, Tracy, when I met you in August at the Association yes. of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. You had literally just joined Slow Flowers, and then I see your name badge, and I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah. from Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really wanting to have, have your story and share it, and I didn't really at the time know that you farmed with your partner. So yeah. talk about how this all came to be, and I don't know, <laughs> Nick, if you want to go first and tell your version. <laughs> I mean, it's... The best way I would answer it is this, is I actually never thought I'd be a farmer. Just complete honesty. So the only background I had was gardening with my dad and just seeing the flowers he did, but nothing to the scale you see behind me. So plowing, tilling, none of that ever came to be. But really, I mean, the pandemic taught all of us a lot of things. And if I'm going to do something like this, do a business like this, then, yeah, I would love to do it with Tracy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Well, that's a good That's a good. Uh, universal truth that's happened to so many people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tracy, on the other hand, has a little bit more farming background in her life, but not, but as a family member, not really an actual practitioner, right? Correct. Yeah. So um, growing up, um, my mother, she is an avid vegetable farmer. And so, and so was my dad. And so I think we did like a quarter acre, maybe a half acre. And so every year, that's what we, we did as children, and my mom would make us help her. <laughs> so as a child, I was like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> so this, this, I, is, this was in Minnesota, Yes, right? this yeah. was in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I'm, I'm a Midwest native. I'm from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. But yeah, so she, she was like, yep, you guys are going to help me. And then so I come... So that's why she wanted to get away from <laughs> yeah, the farm. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, gosh, I hate, you know, I hate it. But, you know, look at me now. I'm, I'm here. And it took, it, not going to lie, it took a lot of convincing <laughs> to get me here. Mm-hmm. But I'm here and, 
you know, I actually really enjoy it. So. You were saying that you are both entrepreneurial and that's one of the reasons why having your own farm appeals to you. So mm-hmm. what influenced that? How did you, because you, you both worked for other people and for yourselves, right? Yep. Um, so for me, I'm actually originally from Dallas. My parents opened a grocery store before they opened a few restaurants in the area as well. So Tracy wanted to run for farming. I wanted to run from the food service industry for the longest time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but really what what I realized is that, yeah, that entrepreneurial spirit, because you grew up in that area and then chasing your own business set, wanting to be your own boss, that never leaves. That's right. So. You both had parents who had their own businesses, so it didn't seem that scary, maybe. Yeah. It's just changing yeah. changing the emphasis of the business is what yeah. What was the difference? Yeah. Um, I think I am a lot like my mother. <laughs> Who, Which by is, the way, on your website you call Mama Yang. Yes, yep, I call her Mama Yang. <laughs> so shout out to Mama yes, Yang. Yes, shout out to Mama Yang. <laughs> but, yes, so... I, I think I'm a lot like my mother, which is interesting because growing up, I was like, oh, I don't want to be anything like you, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Where are you in the birth order? Are you the youngest? I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. So I'm the youngest <laughs> of seven children. And uh, I was always like, I'm, I, man, I don't want to be anything like her. But now I'm like, I think about it. I'm like, I'm a lot like her. Mm-hmm. So she, um, she has just grit and hustle in her DNA, I think. And... You know, she tells me stories about how when she was, like, five years old, she was selling donuts on the street in Thailand, you know. So I think her whole life she's been entrepreneurial. And um, I think she just naturally passed that on to me, you know. So what she knew was yeah. to be a hard worker. Yeah. yeah. So it's like what you mentioned, Deborah. Um, it was just it's kind of second nature to me. Like mm-hmm. it, it just made sense. Like, mm-hmm. that's what what I was going to be for my career. <laughs> well, well, there's another piece of the story that you mentioned to me on the car where we we're driving over her, and that is like your point of entry to flowers was mm-hmm. helping your sister with her flower farm. Yeah. So, because I want to, I want to break it down for viewers and listeners. Like, okay, if they're thinking about starting a flower farm and changing careers, you know, how, what are the steps? And so, not everybody has a, a yeah. family member who can help. <laughs> but, but let's hear that part of the story because that's yeah. obviously obviously gave you a little bit of a leap over some of the steps, right? Yeah. So how the story goes is, um, you know, we all know 2020, the pandemic hit. Prior to the pandemic, I was a personal trainer and massage therapist. And, you know, that industry just, you know, fell to pieces during that time. So I I was out of a job and I was, I had nothing to do. And you were like prevented from providing your services exactly. to people, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so um, at the same time, I'm pretty sure, you know, you, you, the farmers that were farming that year, you guys remember like all the markets were closed. And so everybody was like, oh, how do we get our, our crops sold, you know? And the only way they had to do it was delivery. And um, my sister, she hates driving. So she was like, you, can you be my delivery driver? And she's also in this area in Carnation, which is what, like 20, 30 minutes away by car or is it farther? From the Seattle area, probably about that amount. Yeah. I would say that 
if most people think about going to Snoqualmie Falls, yeah. pretty much that area. Okay. Yeah. And your sister, can you tell us her name and her farm name? Yes, my sister is uh, Laura Cha, and her farm name is Bacha Garden. Okay, and so people who shop at the Pike Lace Market may have bought flowers for her. Oh, yeah. She's very much focused on the consumer yes. uh, customer, whereas you're going in a different direction. But yep. you were her driver. Yes. And you just thought it was a job. Yeah, I was like, sure. <laughs> and then after that, she was like, you know, because um, her, the city, she has a stand in the city of Bellevue. And um, they came to her and was like, hey, you know, as a courtesy, we're going to let you open um, because you're here by yourself anyway. So just, you know, take the COVID precautions. So, yep, they... Because it's open air kind of, right? Yeah. yeah. So they, but, you know, they put up all the signs that they had the to and all the barriers and this, you know, they had to tape off, you know, six feet and all that. Um, but so she opened and that place does get very busy. So she was like, you need to be my cashier. I was like, okay. <laughs> Cause I mean, you know, like she knew that I didn't have anything else to do. So, so from behind the wheel to behind the cashier. <laughs> yep. So then I was her cashier. And then um, my mom, she, uh, you know, since my my sister, she married into flowers, my mom always comes out to help her. Um, because to be honest, when she got into flowers, she called home and she was like, Mom, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I need your help. So that's you know how... You a farm. It's a different crop, but... Yep. So that's how my mom got roped into it. But And so my mom came out and she was like... You you just need to do this. You just you just need to to join the family trade. Be to a the two of you. Yeah, to, you know you just need to be a flower farmer. And I was like, immediately, like no hesitation. I was like, no, <laughs> never ever. I am not doing this. And then she was like, well, you're kind of doing it now. Like you're you're cashiering. And I was like, that's different. Yeah. You know, I have cashiering experience. Yeah, you know, whatever. And. Yeah, I was like dead set, no, I'm not doing it. Then Mother's Day comes around and, you know, in the flower world, Mother's Day is a big deal and it's like the craziest time of the year for us. He comes and he helps. <laughs> He's the cashier for the day and then we're all like, you know, doing the flower thing and everyone else is stressed out and he goes, this is fun. <laughs> And so my mom, she heard that and she was like, see, you guys just need to do it. You guys just need to be flower farmers yourselves. Wow. And I was still like, nope, I'm not on board. But after lots of convincing from from this guy, <laughs> I agreed. And um, yeah, now that we're in it, I, I love it. And how I actually fell in love with it was being on the field with my mother. Mm. Um, mm. So she's the one who really like taught me from seed to harvest, you know, that whole process. And, yeah. Yep. Just being there. And I learned a lot about her as well. Like things that I, I never knew, like how she grew up and things like that. So, That's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I want Nick to describe why it was so fun to him and like what, why was it was so different than what you were doing in your professional life uh, yeah. that, that somehow it, it didn't seem like work to you. Well, so I think one thing that Tracy always points out between the two of us is I usually am front of house. I'm usually the one that's 
people facing more than anything. So at the market, I'm the one that's interacting with customers, cashiering, and then tracing a focus on, okay, production, bouquet making. Um, and of all events, you put me on the busiest day, you know, on the calendar, Mother's Day. So I see lots of people, I see lots of organization needs to happen. So it just became instinctual that, okay, um, what's this person ordering? How long is this person waiting? And just talking to, you know, these, we're talking several dozens of people that are waiting and just almost like corralling them, but also helping them out. I found that to be actually pretty fun. Yeah. Um, clearly they didn't. Yeah. But, yeah. We were like, what? Yeah. But you were saying you had this uh, management background in the automotive industry and yes. like there were some things that translated over pretty easily to that. Yeah. Uh, as a performance manager for the auto industry, I mean, on paper, you're a data person, you manage teams, you help them with their metrics. Um, and I think that's what helped with being in a setting like um, the stand is that I'm not looking at you know, Excel sheets on the phone or Zoom meetings, but I'm actually with people now, right? Yeah. Not just sitting on my couch or like, you know, just trying to work from home, organizing it. Yeah. Um, it's not that's as... neat. Not to say that, you know, it wasn't a bad job, but it's just not as dry. Right. And this is much more interactive. Right. And to do it together is really cool. Exactly. I love the story about how you got to know more about your mother. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, when you're an adolescent, you know, you're a teenager, you want to get out of there. Yep. <laughs> you're not, not, you think that's stupid or whatever. Yeah. And how, what a blessing that you got to have yeah. now when she's here. Mm-hmm. She comes out and, and helps you. Yes. On the farm. Although mm-hmm. it sounds like you have a sort of a different approach, like... Um, putting sachets over your dahlias like your mother thought that was a lot of work yeah yeah oh yeah so um I think that is like a so being just learning from the family and working with the family I just I think having the entrepreneurial spirit that I have I was like there has to be more to this you know there can't only just be one way because I saw how hard everybody was working and then you know just being family too we end up fighting mm-hmm. <laughs> which is you know it's, it's okay everyone has their opinions yeah you yeah. know and so but i most of all i was like there has to be a better way there has to be an easier way because we're killing ourselves mm. and then that's when i started to do more research and then i found like the ASCFG and slow flowers and i was like you know i think i should just join these you know, associations just to learn. Like, I just want to learn, and yeah. Well, you saw maybe uh, farms that were doing things that appealed to you, like selling wholesale, for example. Yeah. Like, that's a whole different business model, Yeah. maybe, than the farmers that, you know, mm-hmm. were your other role models. Like, your sister is all retail, right? Yeah. So, what? how has that all come together? You said you just started selling at the Seattle Growers Market. You think you, the wholesale business is something that you can really build on going forward? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually definitely prefer that method more. And um, when I attended the ASCFG conference um, in August where we met, yeah. um, I forgot her name. But she gave an awesome presentation about... Um, really evaluating your expenses Mm -hmm. as a farmer. Mm -hmm. And one of the expenses that she had on there that I did not think about was labor. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oftentimes, this is your most expensive expense. Um, So really think about that. And I was like, you know, she's right. (laughs) Because if I calculate all the time I have to, you know, put into selling direct to consumer... I pretty much was making nothing. Right, because you're standing at a farmer's market for six hours or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was more like a eight to ten hour affair sometimes. Actually, because so. you're starting loading up, right. yeah. setting up transportation. Yeah, yep. it's a, it's a twelve hour day probably. Yep. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. And I mean, there's something beautiful about the relationships at the farmers markets. It doesn't sound like you're going to completely abandon no that model. Yeah. Well, we won't completely abandon it just yet um, because mm-hmm. we do like it uh, just for the community aspect. Mm-hmm. Like we like, you know, getting to know um, the people in our community. Um, but yeah, from a business model standpoint, yeah, we are starting to go shift more towards the wholesale because um, just the short time that we've been at the Seattle Growers Market, um, I was like, no, you know, <laughs> yeah. no, no comparison. No comparison. Wow. It's like been no comparison. Wow. So, yeah. And you kind of came in at the tail end of the season because of your cycle that you really are mainly taking dahlias there right now, right? Yep. Mm-hmm for looking forward. So this is, you're wrapping up your second season. Yeah. Um, I know you have all kinds of hopes and dreams, but you're on land that you're leasing. Yeah. So how do you, um, how are you planning? You you're, you talk about your acreage and what you're going to devote land to mm-hmm. as you can move into 2023. Um, we are currently, I have a total of four acres. Um, we are currently producing two, um, but of course for next season, um, especially for tulips, all four acres are going to be used. Um, I would say total with the tulips, yeah. I think at least two and a half yep. wow. acres. For tulips. For Just tulips. for tulips. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And you're, um, you're, are you hoping to move all of those, most or most of those through uh, wholesale, or will you also in, start a CSA earlier, for example, because of the... Oh, you did tulips this year, though, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I will be. So last year I, I just did mostly um, the late tulips. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, another presentation I saw at the ASFG conference was Emily Von Trapp. Um, she did. She presented pretty much her course um, on tulip horsing. And that just I was like, that's it. Like I I've, was mesmerized by that talk. too. Yeah. It was so yeah. many possibilities, right? I, yeah, I've been I've been thinking about ways of season extension that, um, you know, that pretty much I'm like, what in in the market that I'm in? What is missing, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody does dry flowers, or you know, maybe not everybody, but there's a lot of you know <laughs> farmers. Yes. Yeah, they do dry flowers. I'm not, you know, a fan of dry flowers. People do wreaths. Breathes take forever. <laughs> so I... Talk I, about labor. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, I'm like, okay, that's not, that's not, you know, that's me working harder, not smarter. So then when I saw this presentation, I was like, that's it. You know, I know how to grow tulips. I love tulips. And why not? You but know? the course is on like volume tulips at like hot, uh, early season. Um, yes. Kind of... Com- like couture tulips, like high high value tulips, yep. right? Yes. Wow. Yep. Which is what? Um, so last season I did grow a lot of you know single tulips, but you know when I took them to market, what what was bought up first? All of the parrot, the fringe, the double, double blooms, yeah. All that went first, and then I was left with a bunch of singles. Right. Right. So isn't that funny? It's like the psychology of a consumer, right? Yep. And so this season, I think I ordered like maybe five single varieties and everything else is specialty Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so wow so that course is starting pretty soon and it goes like through the winter and then you Mm -hmm. you're teed up to start planting in time for next season yeah awesome yeah 
So oh. that's, yeah. So I that that is how. That's one of my dreams. Is how I want to do season extension for that's us. Your, that's is, your new story that yep. we all, those of us <laughs> in the Seattle area, are going to get to enjoy. Yes, shopping. <laughs> the people who shop at the growers market will will uh, get a teaser because you'll be you're on social media. You're pretty, you both are. Or do you share the account or no? For the farm, it's on one. Yeah, yeah. I just do it. Yeah, yeah. But he's on he's on Instagram too. Unoccasionally. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, I understand that the farm name was inspired by you, or did you guys come up with it together? Tell, tell me the story of the name. We talked about it, you know, back and forth, and then, honestly, a lot of this couldn't have happened without my parents' support either, helping with, like, some of the insight, um, you know, even some of the investing they helped with it, too, as well, you know, to get things started. And then um, after we talked about the business name, so my name is Sansang Chantara, but John by itself actually means moon. So, you know, taking just from moonlight to moon, that's how we came up with the name John. So it became Jonko. I love it. And, it, and this is in Thai? In Thai, yes. Okay. Are your parents here in the Seattle area? They're in Dallas. Oh, they are. <laughs> Do they want to retire up here and help you with a flower farm? You know, <laughs> as much as we talked about it, um, they don't like the cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So. It's a beautiful name, and I think it, there is something about the cycles of the seasons that the moon yeah. relates to, but then also has a story that's personal to you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. No, of course. And then, I mean, I'm really thankful to Tracy to let it happen, too, yeah. so we can share that. <laughs> Yeah. You, you know, it's hard to come up with a business name that yeah. everybody signs off on. Yeah. Right? And part of the reason it was John Cole is because we were like, what if we start adding things that besides flowers in the future yeah. you know so that way yeah. we you know it's kind of that umbrella name already yeah. oh for for sure that's yeah. so smart because there's all <laughs> kinds of directions you could go being yeah. such young young and new growers yeah so that's exciting well before we wrap up what did i not ask you that you want to make sure we talk about Mm. I love uh, that you're my, looking at yeah. each <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess just more information about my uh, just my CSA um, or our our CSA is you know those registration is currently open now and it's early bird registration. So I'm on your mailing list, so I saw that. Yeah, until early bird till the end of September. Yep, okay. end of September. Um, so and then will it be continue into October? But just. Uh, or is that it? You, you you shut it off at the end of September. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut it off. Okay. But um, November for Small Business Saturday, they are reopening. So oh, that's yep. what we'll tease people on. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So, yep. So uh, go ahead and uh, you know go to our website uh, johncompany.com and just get on our, our mailing list. So that way you get notified and then you can also receive the uh, 10% off coupon code. Oh my gosh, CSA. that's great. This is going to air right about when the early bird closes. So we'll make sure we share the link for people to sign up mm-hmm. for your newsletter. Yeah. And uh, that's great. How about you, Nick? Anything else that you, I didn't ask that you want to add? Um, just say again, you know, this is not a spot that I think I would ever have been in my life, even before I met Tracy. But sitting here now in the beautiful Sky Valley area, next to her, doing this, I mean, again, I never would have saw it coming, but I'm glad I'm here. Oh, my gosh. So. Yeah. Your your mental and physical health is improving Leaps just by and bounds. being here. Tracy can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we can all relate. That's great. Thank yeah. you so much for letting me visit and for yeah. letting me... Uh, interrupt your harvest and oh, get a no, part of no your problem. story no, and yeah no thanks for having us yeah, yeah you bet you bet and when we post this i'll share your social places and your links so people can 
uh, learn more about what's happening at John Coe. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Deborah. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's clear that these two are passionate about local flowers and agriculture as they develop their business to supply the Seattle area and their local community with beautiful, sustainable flowers. Although not certified, Tracy and Nick use sustainable organic practices to cultivate flowers and produce, and they do not use pesticides or any kind of synthetic chemicals on their crops. You'll want to visit slowflowerspodcast.com to watch the replay video of today's conversation. There's also a bonus tour of the Dahlia Fields. Look for episode 578. When we post the show notes, I'll include links to Jarnco's newsletter sign-up form as well. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Red Twig Farms. Based in Johnstown, Ohio, Red Twig Farms is a family-owned farm specializing in peonies, daffodils, tulips, and branches. A popular peony bouquet by mail program and their Spread the Hope campaign where customers purchase 10 tulip stems for essential workers and others in their community. Learn more at redtwigfarms.com. Next, I want to draw your attention to the big news that we're kicking off October as Slow Flowers Member Appreciation Month. Check out all the details in our October newsletter. It dropped this week. I'll share the link in our show notes. Top things to note, each Tuesday in October, you can join me on Instagram Live at Slow Flowers Society. That'll be at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And we'll have a special topic and invite some members to come on and chat with me. Each Thursday in October, you'll join our membership and community engagement manager, Tonnelly Gruder. She's of Salty Acres Farm. She's a farmer florist. And that'll be at the same time on Thursdays, noon Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern in the Zoom room for a lunchtime membership chat. I'll share the link in today's show notes. As we say in our Welcome October video, we are so grateful to our members like you because Slow Flower Society members are the Slow Flowers Movement. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor, downloaded more than 900,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowersociety.com and consider making a donation to sustain Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button at slowflowerspodcast.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one base at a time. I'll see you then.